How we doing, King's Church? Praise the Lord. Happy Easter. Y'all sing good today, pray good today, look good today. We praise the Lord for this. One of the things that, not a shocker, we're going to jump right in to talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I will have to admit, it is really hard to follow a magic trick. Uh, Josh did a good job with the magic trick. And one of the things that is interesting to me, though, as I think about the idea of the resurrection and I think about what we believe about salvation, is oftentimes we view it like that, like a magic trick. But the reality is, there is a beautiful legal transaction that occurred between us and God in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And the resurrection is the exclamation point on that transaction that makes you right with God. And so my hope today is through looking at this passage in the book of Romans is that you would be able to see what happened in the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ and thus be changed by it. There's a phrase at the end of this section, it's the reason why I chose it, that says that Jesus was raised for our justification. It's a very popular word in Christianity, justification. What exactly does that mean? We're going to talk about that today. I, don't, I want you to know why you can rest in Jesus Christ and in His work alone. And we're going to look at the book of Romans this morning at that very fact. Romans chapter 4, I'll be reading a few verses there. If you've got a Bible with you, turn there. If not, the words are printed for you in your order of worship, so you'll be able to follow along there. Paul has been making this argument for the first four chapters of this letter that he wrote to the Romans, where he is summarizing what he believes the whole Bible to be about. Okay? If you're looking for a great summary of everything the Bible is about, Romans chapters 1 through 8 is no better summary that you're going to be able to find. And he's been building an argument for the first three chapters that says this, Everyone, regardless of whether you're part of God's chosen people, the Jewish nation, or you're not part of that nation or not, everyone is sinful. We have shattered God's law and deserve His wrath of a powerful and just God. And for Him to remain just, He has to punish those who break the law, or He would be wicked Himself. That's the whole point of the first three chapters. In other words, it's really, really bad news. Uh, the midway through chapter 3, Paul kind of summarizes this element of his argument by saying, there is no one righteous, no one good enough, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away, and they have together become worthless. And there is no one who does good, not even one. But the story doesn't end there. Paul talks about a righteousness that is available through Jesus Christ and what he's done. And he takes chapters 3, 4, and 5 to spell that out. And he, this, this justification, this being right with God, and we're going to talk about what that means, that can happen only through faith in Christ alone. Only way. And he spells that out in the last half of chapter, four, of chapter 3, and then he illustrates that in chapter 4, and then he talks about the benefits of that in chapter 5. We're going to jump in right into chapter 4 this morning. Martin Luther, who started the Great Reformation, talks about verses 23 through 25 like this. He says, in these verses, the whole of Christianity is comprehended. In these few verses. So, would you with me give your attention to God's Word? Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 18. 
This is God's word. Against all hope, Abraham, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. That is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were not written for him alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and raised to life for our justification. The grass withers and the flower fades. The word of our God will stand forever. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we simply ask with this beautiful text that you would help us to worship you over the word this morning and that you would take the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts together and make them acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The big idea this morning was the banner cry of the Protestant Reformation, and it is the point of Christianity. That justification between you and God is available in Christ alone through faith alone. That justification between you and God is available through Christ in faith alone through Christ alone. This again, this was the banner cry of the Reformation, and to this day, it is still the biggest difference between Catholics and Protestants in the Christian faith. However, it's actually bigger than that. It's not just the difference between Catholics and Protestants. It's the difference between every religion in the world and Christianity. Whether you're irreligious, Protestant, or or some other religion, the news of justification by faith alone, not by what you drum up or work or do with your life, through Christ alone. In other words, if someone else did something for you that you couldn't do that made you right with God, that teaching is earth-shattering. It is shocking that your transgressions, your sins, your unlawful deeds can be not only forgiven, but you can be justified based on what someone else did. That claim, if we're honest, is absurd. Except for the fact that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the historical proof that it's a reality. Without that, then it's just another magic trick. I can just pull something away from your eyes. You and I would be fools to believe this if it wasn't for the resurrection. Three points this morning. Number one, what is justification? Number two, why it comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. And then finally, what does the resurrection of Jesus have to do with justification? What is justification, why it only comes through faith in Jesus Christ, and then what does the resurrection of Jesus have to do with our justification? First, what is justification? Justification is the goal of every religious system in the world, right? It's it's one of our deepest desires. How can I be right with God, or right with the universe, or right with whatever ultimate reality you believe about the world? How can I know I'm okay. 
And every religion in the world says basically the same thing. Have some kind of religious experience, do more good than bad, and then hope for the best when you die. Okay? Every system in the world... Now, they may disagree on what the religious experience needs to look like. Maybe it's seven pillars or, or different things like that. And they may also disagree on the definition of what good and bad is. Okay? However, it's still the same process through all of those religions in, the, in all the world. Have some kind of religious experience, try to do more good than bad, and cross your fingers, hope for the best when you die. Okay? Christianity makes a completely different claim. It says that you can be justified, made right with God, that you can have a perfectly righteous record through something someone else did. No, no other religion offers security, just hope. Just, we hope it works out. Christianity offers security of eternal life. The justification in Christianity comes not through doing more good than bad or keeping a set of practices or religious teachings, but by faith alone. And the justification is not based upon your record, but an actual event in history. Something in history that if you can attach yourself to, you're in. Nothing else works like that. It's a unique claim. So I'm getting ahead of myself. What exactly is justification? Let's talk about that for a minute. What exactly is the definition of justification? Justification is the, declare, the declaration of one's righteousness. Declaring a person to be just or lawful or obedient. Legally, someone is justified when you prove that everything that they've done is good and in order. They prove they have kept the law and not broken it. It's so much more than simply saying you're not guilty. Okay, It's actually living perfectly, obeying the law. One of the problems that we have when we think about justification, this was a problem for me as I began to study this this week, is oftentimes we associate justification and forgiveness and think about them in the same way. Okay, Two very big terms, forgiveness and justification. Both important, but different. Okay, Or I'll pay the debt myself. You owe me $1,000, and instead of paying your debt for you, okay? You do something else wrong, right? You get hit in the face. Someone punches me in the face. They deserve to receive the punch. You, I won't give it back to you, right? Forgiveness means you have a bad record. You broke the law, but now you're off the hook. And you don't have to face the penalty. The gospel shows us forgiveness. That Jesus Christ bled. That's what the cross is about. It was a sacrifice. That someone had to pay the penalty to earn our forgiveness. We can't just get a blanket slate. That would be unjust. Someone had to pay the penalty. Jesus Christ not only died, but he bore the wrath of God. The full cup. He drank it till it was gone. Your sin, my sin, if you're in Christ, for all eternity, he absorbed that wrath. That is forgiveness. Amen? Justification is different. Justification is the declaration of righteousness. It's the declaration that you are perfectly good and right and deserving of honor. 
Righteousness, here, I love this definition. If you're taking notes, you might like this. It's very helpful to me. Righteousness is a validating performance record that opens doors. Val- righteousness is a validating performance, records, performance record that opens doors. For example, when you want to get a job, and you're going through the interview process, what do you do? You submit a resume. Basically, that resume said, here's my list of training, here's the things I've done, here's my record, now I want the job. It's a list of the things that you've done, earning, justifying your employment in that company. If you're getting a higher degree, your transcript would be the exact same way. I want this position, and I need to justify the fact that I deserve that position, so here's my transcript. See, look what I did here. You see my test scores? See the things I've done? You should let me in. I I need to be justified in asking for this position. The same is true for us. We don't simply, in Jesus Christ, get forgiveness. We get justification. In other words... We get a perfect account of everything we've done and the honor that comes with that. The difference between forgiveness and justification, forgiveness is negative, justification is positive. Forgiveness says you can go. It's okay for you to leave now. You don't have to receive the punishment. Justification says you can come. You're welcome. Okay, You can come on in. Forgiveness is a pardon from jail. Justification is getting the Medal of Honor. Forgiveness is not getting what you deserve. Justification is getting what you deserve. Okay? Justification is so much more than being declared not guilty. It is a righteousness, a record that opens doors. Now, here's the kicker. The Bible teaches... This passage teaches that justification comes through faith in the person of Jesus Christ, that He was the Son of God and man, and the work of Jesus Christ, His perfect life and His death on the cross. That if you have faith in that, then before God you have a righteous record. Hear me. It's not, if, if your faith in Jesus allows you not just to sneak into the back door of heaven, but to have the gates flung open and fanfare in your honor, because if you're in Christ, God the Father and the heavenly realms sees the righteousness of Christ that you're wrapped in. That is justification. Through faith in Jesus Christ, you not only get forgiveness, but justification. So how does that work? Point number two. Why justification comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. If we're looking specifically at this passage this morning, again, remember everything I said about chapter 3. The whole point of everything the Apostle Paul has been saying is not that you are justified by your record. In fact, he's saying the opposite. You need forgiveness for your record. Your record is tarnished. And you only, not only don't get the job, you need to go to prison because of that record. If you turn in this resume, you're not going to get a desk with a window. The police are going to show up and take you to jail. That's how, that is the context, that we are guilty with sin and rebellion. 
that our, our record is filthy, that we have shattered God's law and we need forgiveness. Let's not even talk about justification, okay? We need forgiveness, right? Romans chapter 3 and verse 9 says this, What then? Are we better off than the Jews? Not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, are under sin. For as it is written, no one is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Romans chapter 3, verses 19. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world be held accountable to God. Religious experience, do more good than bad, hope for the best when you die, no dice. Doesn't work like that. That everyone's, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do to justify yourself. Saying, I'm a good person, I've really done good things. Or listen, I go to church, I've been faithful, done, I've done the thing. That would be akin to a serial killer standing before the judge and say, listen, I give blood once a month. Right? You, I, I, you killed all these people, but you don't understand. I'm a good guy. I give blood once a month. Plasma every other month. It, the judge would look at him and laugh. Right? Your good deeds make no difference. Justification by faith is the only way. In Romans chapter 3, verse 21, these beautiful words are written. But now... The righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. You tracking with me? Apart from the law, that although the, the law and the prophets bear witness to us, the righteousness of God through faith is in Jesus Christ through all who believe. You don't stand a shot. Neither do I at a righteous record. But now, in Christ, there is a righteousness offered apart from from the law. That's really good news. The justification has never been possible through righteous religious performance. It would be like you taking a baseball and standing on one end of the Grand Canyon and trying to throw it across the other. It's 18 miles wide. The strongest arm in the world, someone who can throw a baseball 105 miles an hour, doesn't stand a chance, right? That's what the book of Romans teaches. And then to illustrate this, Paul goes to the, one of the prominent Old Testament figures, Abraham, and shows how Abraham's faith justified him, and then says the same faith can justify you and me. Uh, that he is the example in the Scripture. Abraham is the example. That Abraham's righteousness, his record that he needed, got it? His justification came to him by faith. Faith in a promise that he could not see. It says in verse 18, Against all hope, Abraham believed in hope, so that he would become the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. God told Abraham several times, you're going to be a dad, and then your lineage, your ancestry, is going to outnumber the sand on the seashore. Somebody's going to be. And then Abraham's 100 years old, and his wife is nearly as old as he is. And it wasn't simply that Sarah could no longer have children. She never had children. Her womb was dead. And God made a promise to him that seemed unlikely. Extremely unlikely. 
you're going to be a father. And it says that Abraham believed that God had the power to accomplish that promise. And in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, we read this, that Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. He put it in his account. He gave him the righteousness. Because of his faith, he gave him the righteousness. He didn't earn it. He didn't have it. He couldn't get it. But he gave it to him by faith. God made several promises to Abraham, and he believed in a specific word. He didn't just have a belief in God in general. He had a belief in the specific promise of God. And that faith gave him righteousness in spite of all the circumstances. In verse 20, we read that he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is saving faith, not your record. But did you look at the God-man Jesus Christ you believe in the reality based on everything he did, based on the fact that Christianity has taken the world by storm, based on the, a bunch of hacks that tried to start it in the first place, that all of the reality of what you believe about who Jesus was, a human being, a fully son of God, and that he died and that he absolved the wrath of God, then rose again on the day and appeared for 40 days to hundreds of people, and then the New Testament started and, 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 and the church started out of nothing, that you're placing your faith in that reality... That is saving faith. Just Romans chapter 4 says that it was credited to him as righteousness. This is the pattern for justification, not only for Abraham, but for you and for me. That we get our righteousness the same way he did, by faith in the power of God alone. The ultimate end to the promise that God gave Abraham was the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the, he had this same reality of the promise. The, just he was looking forward and we're looking back. But it's the same reality of the promise. The only way to have a righteousness that God accepts is to have a perfect record. Abraham didn't have that. You didn't have that. You get it the same way he did. Through faith alone. Now, finally, the question is faith in what? Okay? Faith in what? No, point number three, the last point. What does the resurrection have to do with justification? Justification between you and God happens by faith alone and Christ alone. The justification is the declaration of righteousness, not forgiveness. Not simply that you get to go, but you get to come. Perfect record, it's yours. You get to wear the Medal of Honor, all right? That's justification. And that it comes only through faith. And the reason is because our record is worthless. Abraham is the supreme example of that. Got it? Now, Romans chapter 4, verses 24. But for ours, not just for Abraham, but for ours also, it will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. There are three things I want us to see. What is Paul saying in these verses? I think he's saying three things, okay? One of the questions that we have to ask is, what is Paul saying when he says we are, that, that 
that, we, that Jesus was raised for our justification. What does that mean? Why does belief in the resurrection, hear me, why does belief in the resurrection justify us? Number one, when Jesus raised from the dead, it is a proclamation that he is everything he said he was. Okay? Jesus made all these claims throughout his ministry that he was the son of God. Uh, he made all these claims that he was going to rise again from the dead. He made all of these claims, and they were just that, claims, until he rises from the dead. He gives validation to everything he said, his ministry, his teaching, and it proves the fact that he was the Son of God. That's why he was killed in the first place. He was killed in the first place for blasphemy because he did proclaim that he was the Son of God. In Luke chapter 22, the teachers say, say to him, point blank, are you the Son of God then? And this is how he responds. You say that I am. He's acknowledging that reality, and they say, what further testimony do we need? And they send him to the cross. The resurrection of Jesus Christ proves that he did not commit blasphemy, that he was the Son of God, because he rose again from the dead, and only God can do that. Number two, not only does it prove that he was the Son of God, more than that, what we see in the resurrection of Jesus Christ is that he was delivered up for our offenses. Okay? He was delivered up for our offenses. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, we read, "For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God." So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What happened on the cross is not only that Jesus took on our sin, but he gave us his righteousness. Whenever you, by faith alone, latch on to Jesus Christ, you are not just getting forgiveness. You are receiving a perfect record. Let me try to illustrate this for you. Imagine it's World War II, and Dwight Eisenhower, is, uh, the, one of the chief generals, is receiving the Medal of Honor. And it's all on TV, and, 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 and this, there's all this fanfare, and there's a parade in his honor, and everyone is there to watch him receive the Medal of Honor. And before he receives the Medal of Honor, they give a list of his accolades. This battle, and this battle, and this is what he did, and this is how his men loved him, and it goes on forever. And then they finally pin the medal around him. He's a national hero. There's no dinner party he can't get invited to at this point. He's, the prestige and honor just follow him. And then all of a sudden, the next day, there's a war tribunal. And on trial is a man named Heinrich Himmler, who was the orchestrator of the concentration camps that killed six million Jews. And he's on trial, and, and they, but without a shadow of a doubt... He's declared guilty, and they put on him the prison shroud, and they walk him into the gallows, and then all of a sudden walks in Dwight Eisenhower. Full military uniform, medal of honor hanging around his neck. And he walks up and he says, No, I'll take the shame of what he's done, and I'll take the penalty. And he takes off his uniform, he puts it on Himmler, and then he puts on his prison shroud and then goes and dies. And then, this is justification, Himmler goes on to live the life that Eisenhower's earned. That's justification. 
It's not simply that you were saved from your sin. It's that you walk into God's presence as a son and a daughter through wide open gates with all the honor that comes with it. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you're believing, number three, that that is a reality. The the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a proclamation that that is a reality. Romans chapter 5, verse 9 says, We have been justified by His blood, but we just read that Jesus was raised for our justification. Which one is it? Blood or resurrection? Which one? Both. The answer is yes. You can't separate the two. What the resurrection is, is the proclamation of the fact that it has been completely finished. It's been fully paid for. I love what Martin Lloyd-Jones said about this. Listen to this. I'm almost done, I promise. We're rounding third base right now, all right? Listen to this. If Jesus had not raised from the grave, then we could draw no other conclusion than this, that the weight of the punishment for our sins was too much for even him. If Jesus doesn't rise from the grave, then you have no guarantees. But he did. And in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you have something that no other religious system can offer you in in the history of the world. Security. Not only a get-in-to-heaven pass, but a righteous record. He was raised for our justification And the resurrection is the proclamation of that reality. That through faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ, you are justified. And you wear the robes of righteousness for all eternity and enjoy all the privileges that come with it. Do you struggle to believe that God can forgive you for what you've done? I have. Do you? Do you struggle with the assurance that God can accept you when you die? I wonder if you've ever really comprehended the full weight of what's happened on the cross. Some of you this morning need to believe in that reality and be saved. Christianity's been a good luck charm for you your whole life, but you've never really embraced this reality. Let today be the day of that salvation for you. If you want to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. We'll be here. But you're saved not because of what you've done. You're saved because by faith you're attached to what He's done. You're not saved by your faith. Your faith attaches you to the one who can save you. Okay? Some of you need that today. For others of you, You need to rest in it again. You need to fully grasp the reality of what through faith is available to you. That you aren't simply, if you're in Christ, forgiven. You are just. You have a righteous record. And you get to wear it forever. Believe this. He was delivered over to death for our sins. And He was raised to life for your justification. Happy Easter.
Father in heaven, we finish our time this morning, I pray, in deep adoration and worship of you. And Lord, we pray that you would communicate to our minds and hearts the reality of what Jesus has done and help us to fall on him and him alone in faith to find our forgiveness and to receive our justification. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.